It's Thursday. It's been a hell of a week, but I got a great guest here today. I've seen him at multiple meetups around San Diego, SDCIA, as well as San Diego Green, which is Andrew Greer's event. Phenomenal guy, hard money lender, Brock Vandenberg in the house. Brock, what's going on? How you doing today? Andre, you know, number one, thank you for inviting me on. It's always such a pleasure to see you at the networking events. I probably see you at least three or four times a month. So thanks for inviting me on as a guest, and I'm excited to uh, to talk to you today. Perfect. Now, let's just jump right into it. Obviously, I know some things about you, but for our listeners, give us a story about how you got started in real estate. Why hard money? How did you build up Tally Mar? Let's, let's talk about it. So, yeah, it's an interesting story. I've actually been in real estate finance since about 2001. I worked for a, a private equity fund and we were doing what's called mezzanine debt or you know, what we call in this you know, industry kind of gap funding. So we were providing that, that gap funding for residential developers. Great opportunity up through about 2007, early eight, obviously the housing market collapsed. They decided uh, they wanted to go in another direction. So I spent two incredible years actually with the FDIC. Uh, they're the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation and the ones that uh, actually uh, insure your deposits at the bank. And they've actually been on the news recently. So it's been kind of fun to see them engaged with what's going on with Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and, and some of the other banks. And then in about 2011 is when I started Talonwar Financial. I was lending money to people that were buying houses at the courthouse step, if you can remember that time. Uh, bank foreclosures were big at the time. So at that time, I was lending my own money out to these people to buy these properties, to renovate them, and then to sell them. Um, and then fast forward into about 2001, we grew, we grew, we grew, and we launched our first mortgage fund in late 2020, 2021. And uh, that's where we are today. Awesome. So I got to ask is you don't have too many people that are in real estate and that aspire to do private lending or hard money lending. So what, where did that interest come from? Now, I know you had that background. You were doing the mezzanine <laughs> debt. As Brock mentioned, that's that gap, that other funding that you would have when we talk about the capital stack. We won't go too in the weeds with that. We've discussed it before. But is that what it was? Because you already kind of had that background with mortgages and with debt. Is that where mm-hmm. the idea sparked? You said, okay, I want to yeah, Andre, that's, well, that's funny. No one's actually asked me that question before. What, what is it about the finance side that, that I like? I'm just a numbers guy, you know, yeah. unfortunately, you're not, I mean, not unfortunately, but I mean, I'm just not the guy that you're going to be going in and, and nailing something into a wall or doing a demo on a house. I mean, much people, there are people that do that much better than I can, but you know, I like looking at spreadsheets. I look at, like looking at numbers. I like valuing properties. I like, you know, looking stats on, on loan, building up a loan portfolio. That's what I like. And so that, that's kind of why my, my focus is there. I do what I, and I just focus on what I like to do and been able to build a business around it. Love it. And, and you mentioned in the banks and FDC, FD, uh, mm-hmm. FDIC, FDIC. And, and I want to touch on that. So what's, what's your take on everything that's going on? Banks being bailed out, interest rates, you know? You know, it's think? a good question. And it's more of a systemic problem across the banking industry and, and, but more focused on small and regional banks. And we all know what happened was Silicon Valley Bank, again, was kind of a, a, an anomaly of a bank. They, they had a lot of deposits from venture capital. They were heavily involved in crypto. And it isn't the crypto per se that took them down. Um, but they had so much deposit money. They got to put it somewhere. They got to make money on that, on, on that deposit, that the deposits they have. So they put them in. What are called medium-term investments, mostly uh, uh, mortgage-backed securities, which 
it's one of the safest investments you can make. It's not like the, the, the investment went bad. It's that unfortunately there was a run on the bank. The mortgage-backed securities that they invested in were no longer the value of what they bought them at. And in order to cover the deposits, they had to start selling off their, their investments in these mortgage-backed securities, which resulted in losses. Depositors saw that. They wanted to get their money out. So it would just became you know, a cycle that they just couldn't get out of. So, you know, the, the FDIC was put in a difficult position, you know, specifically to that bank and had to come in and literally bail them out. But it's it, very different than 2008. It's not that the banks made bad investments per se, it's the way they invested. They didn't recognize that they were buying mortgage-backed securities whose returns were, were below what the deposits they had to pay out were or what they had to pay out on deposits. So, Unfortunately, now it's kind of grown bigger and um, escalated into some of the other uh, smaller regional banks that also, you know, may not have had as much liquidity as they needed on their balance sheet, and that's where we are today. Yeah, it's 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 interesting you said that, and and even look at what's what's going on now. Where shortly after that, they were trying to you know ensure the the other banks, and, and it's just a crazy. You have all these different opinions about what's going on in the market. Mm-hmm. The interest rates is constantly fluctuating. Some people saying we're in recession. Some people say we're not in recession. You know, who knows? But yeah. at the end of the day, all, all us, I've said this many times on the show before, regardless, you're still going to do business and, and lend money. I'm still going to invest in, in real estate regardless because that's what we do. That's the business. So but I, Andre, you bring up, I mean, sharing you bring here. up a, such a good point because the volatility is what creates opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, going into early 2022, when, you know, obviously values of real estate had shooting up here in San Diego shot up about 30% in three months. Yeah. I mean, you get lucky, right? Buying real estate, you just happen to get some of that uh, equity appreciation. But if markets like this, where people get nervous, some people exit the market, but people like you are looking for opportunities in the marketplace, no matter what the rates are. I mean, the rates are secondary. You're underwriting to the rate. That's something that you can underwrite too. But, but these are where the opportunities come up. And, you know, as a private lender, you know, as much as I don't like to see the banking industry in the capital markets being involved, you know, have this volatility, it's been very beneficial to the lending, hard money lending industry, guys like us, where it's opened up a much bigger market, a market that we fill in providing alternative financing to real estate investors. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And so walk me through. So you, you, you had Telemar. What's that been like? Educate our listeners yep. about hard money, the lending process from your from your viewpoint. What's it like working with flippers? What's it like working with multifamily investors? Yeah. So let, let's kind of start. How does a hard money lender operate? How do we raise money? How do we lend this money out to, to investors to buy properties? So number one, I raise money from high net worth uh, investors, family offices, foundations, and whatnot. And what they do is they invest in our mortgage fund. So like just like a bank, they they deposit funds in our mortgage fund, and then we lend that money out in short-term loans, usually 12 months or less. These type of loans, 50% of them are for investors that buy, renovate, and sell single-family, multifamily, and do some of those commercials. That's your prototypical fix-and-flip loan or your rehab loan. The other 50% are just random bridge loans. People out there that had they were closing maybe on a small commercial building or an industrial site and the bank that they were using for the financing 
couldn't close. They couldn't, they couldn't close quick enough. And so they would come to the private lending industry to fill that short-term need. We call that a bridge loan. Usually again, 12 months, 12 months or less. And so that is the niche that we fill. So when things are good, banks are lending, obviously there isn't as much opportunity for us out there, but times like this where there's volatility, I mean, we fill that niche for the, for the real estate industry. And we, our focused lending is on, is with real estate investors. So we're not funding consumer loan and people that are buying a home to, to live in. Okay. And so what's it like also working with, you know, multifamily investors compared to the flippers? Yeah. You have, you know, what do you like better? Is it advantages? Is it disadvantages? Mm-hmm. What are the, what are your typical terms? And now again, I've, I've, I've spoken to you many times before. Yep. I've been on your website before our listeners talk to them about that. Yeah. So, you know, we work with first time investors, sophisticated investors and everybody in between. And funding a single family house is just the same as funding a multifamily property. Kind of the process and the dynamics and the numbers are the same. So personally, for our mortgage fund, we'll typically find on a fix and flip loan, we'll be funding 80% of the purchase and 100% of renovation costs. So we've got a pretty aggressive financing option for real estate investors. And at the end of the day, the again, the structure is the same because what you're doing to the property, you're, you're buying a property that is depressed and isn't in a condition that either someone wants to live in or value, you can unlock substantial amount of value. It's the same doing that on a single family and isn't a multifamily. It's just the numbers are different. Okay. And so, you know, when, when we work with investors, we're plugging your numbers into our underwriting criteria. Uh, we have a pretty large credit box. So again, from new to experienced investors, and usually we can close these loans within about five to seven business days because we're, a, because we're a direct lender. And, you know, my experience, you know, I've been doing this again since about 2011 is that you want to first, if you're, if, if, my recommendation is if you're working with a lender for the first time, either if you're a new investor, experienced investor is get an understanding of their financing package or their loan programs early on, even before you have a loan request, because every hard money lender works a little differently where we have a mortgage fund that we're lending out of that allows us so much more flexibility than maybe a lender that is packaging up all the loans and then selling them off. You know, they, they have to fall within the, the credit box or the credit criteria of those that are buying the loans. And then there's, you know, there's the other hard money lender that might be representing directly high net worth individuals. So they may just act as an intermediary. You call them up. You say, Hey, I need a $500,000 hard money loan. They may have, you know, a couple investors that they know who fund that $500,000 loan. So when you're working with a hard money lender, you want to first understand what it is that they're lending on. What is their loan? What are their loan programs? Where are they getting their capital? That's a big question because you know, again, if they're brokering the loan out to somebody else, which is fine, but understand that that process might not be as smooth as working with somebody who may have direct access to to capital. 